This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Hello there. This is Brian, Warren, and Jennifer from the Wabash Valley Power Alliance Economic Development Team. Together with 19 rural electric member cooperatives, we serve communities in 48 Indiana counties. And we're proud to sponsor today's IEDA In Your Ear podcast. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Don Wetrick, CEO and president of the Started Up Foundation. The foundation is the home for a groundbreaking project called Innovate Within. And because this is audio, you can't see that in the word uh, Innovate Within, the N is capital I, capital N, as in the abbreviation for Indiana. So Innovate Within. And it's a program that is helping to expose Indiana high school students to entrepreneurship and innovation. Now, according to the materials that Don shared with me about the program, uh, Innovate Within uh, teaches high school students to view life through a lens of innovation and entrepreneurship while building a life of purpose. And Don is going to explain all of that today. Uh, how the program works, and how it hopes to accomplish those goals. So, Don, thanks for taking time to be with me today. Thank you. I enjoy, for being, I enjoy being on the podcast. Okay. So, let's start at a very general level uh, and just give a very general overview of the Innovate Within program. Um, how does it engage students uh, to help them learn about entrepreneurship? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take two steps backwards. Um, the last three years, really, it was a, there was a little bit of lessons, but it was kind of like getting more students to be interested in entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, this year, we've got a companion course, um, more on that later, but we, we, we have some things out there for the students to kind of absorb um, to get students to become more of consumers instead of, I'm sorry, producers instead of just consumers. We don't want them just to learn about entrepreneurship, but they want you to immerse themselves in it. Um, and then also reframe the world as, you know, seeing problems as opportunities. We live in a society right now, there's a heck of a lot of complaining online about what we're not doing right, but we want to get more students to see opportunities and be able to learn how to build a team and grow and scale something. Uh, and then it's also like what I'm most proud of is that, you know, Indiana has got the biggest high school pitch competition in the country for high school students. And that it's not just a one day thing. Um, there are three rounds. The first round, the students you know, have a, you know, they form a team. Uh, they submit a, a lean canvas, uh, a executive summary and a three minute pitch video. We narrow that down to a round two where the top 10 teams per region go to a college campus and we have a day of that. And then our state finals is actually a cohort. It's a 12-week program over the summer. And then we have our state finals, of which um, there's a travel package involved for all, the, all 10 teams. And then the biggest payout, uh, to our knowledge, I still think we're the biggest in the country, $10,000 seed funding, $10,000 college funding, and of course, the, the travel package. Um, and by the way, that is per student. So you can have a team of three. So we're actually incentivizing that, you know, we think that you should form a team instead of being a solopreneur. So that's in reality, $30,000 for their startup. Okay. So that's a lot to unpack and we'll try to do that, you know, during the length of the podcast, but let's also start a little bit with you. 
um, I believe when when you and I first met, um, I uh, it was shared with me that you started this when you were a teacher. Uh, so explain how the program got started, um, how it stair stepped beyond the first effort. But mm-hmm. but but what were you doing when you started all of this, and how did it get launched? I started a really unusual class that we affectionately later titled Innovation and Open Source Learning. Um, and this was a class where, I mean, just in the title, Innovation and Open Source Learning. The first six to seven weeks of school, we taught our students how to think uh, independently, how to think innovatively, uh, how to you know, project manage, how to network, why they should take LinkedIn seriously at age 16. Um, and, and then we also had them like, you know, identify what they had an interest in or what they had a passion about, uh, got them to see problems as opportunities. And then the rest of the year is open source learning because some of our students are like, Hey, I want to learn how to, uh, start an event and do event management. Well, I don't have any experience in that. So part of the reason why I got them on LinkedIn is to find those people and engage with them or even in the locally, you know, we were a suburb of Indianapolis. And so we started looking around the indie area. So, you know, Hey, I want to learn how to, I want to, I want to design a basic game and put it on the uh, iStore. Awesome. I've never done that, Lee. So we, we had them open source that learning. And essentially what the class became in those last semester and a half is that it was project management. And I was there to get them to, uh, to help them project manage, to set goals, to, you know, hit key metrics all the things that we talk about after high school, why don't we get them started in high school? And so we, we started to get a lot of success out of the class. We, we got a fair amount of media success and um, we caught the eye and ear of somebody at the IEDC, the Indiana Economic Development Corp. And so they were the ones that thought up Innovate Within. And so in year one, they said, hey, will you, you know, A, we wanna make sure your students participate in it because we think they'll do well, and they did, but two, because I didn't judge, they said, could you look under the hood, help us out? Uh, and it is there I made some just suggestions on like having a travel experience, getting the kids to go out of the state to realize how good they have it in the state. Um, and then, you know, we've been pretty lucky and blessed to know a lot of really key people in the entrepreneurial space. Um, so getting them to make the introductions. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why in year one we went to New York City. I've got a really strong relationship um, with Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin. Um, so Gary was out of town, so we spent a half day with Seth. We did something with a guy on CNBC, but just Charity Water, all, you know, Barnes and Noble, we had all these meetings uh, with CEOs, and uh, it, it really got the students to open up and see what it's like in the big city. And then, yeah, realize like, wow, they're impressed with what I'm doing in Spencer, Indiana. And I'm here in New York city and they're impressed by it. And then we kind of, and, and, and make no mistake about it. This is a very pro, like you pointed out, innovate within is capitalized. I am, this is a talent pipeline and talent retention program. We want to, we want to foster our best and brightest. I'm tired of seeing them go, well, I'm going to move to San Francisco now or Austin or Boston or New York. Hey man, Look at all the support we're giving you here. Uh, and, and, and would you reconsider? And, and I think that's one of our, our fun missions. So, but yeah. So from the days of starting a wacky class to getting discovered to, you know, we started a podcast and we started talking to all these really unique people. Uh, it really opened up doors. And then the IDC really wanted to, to you know, knock it down. So now it is ours. Uh, we started the foundation around it. And the IDC basically gave us the keys and said, you run Innovate Within. It's your baby now. 
so later we'll explore a little bit more of the relationship with IEDC and then and steps beyond that. But let's reel back a little bit and go back to uh, just the core mission and vision of the Innovate Within program. So let's start with uh, the, what is the vision for the program? Yeah, so um, our, our official vision statement says we envision a generation of youth with an opportunities are everywhere mindset fueling innovation and hope for our communities, country, and the world. So we, the students almost got tired of me saying it. I, I close every podcast with, this is Don Wetrick reminding you opportunities are everywhere. They are indeed. And so we want our students to be aware of the problems in the world, but say, I could do something about that. Like I, I, Lee, I'll drive to work and I will, send, I, I will come up with three business ideas or three events or three solutions on my way to work because that's the way I'm wired. And I think a lot of kids are wired to find problems. So our vision is, is that we get them into that really like we're heavily on the mindset of, okay, how can I, how can I find these opportunities um, and really to serve? And matter of fact, not trying to get too much in the weeds, we always had a rule of thirds in my class. So everything was project-based. And um, for you to have your project approved by me, there was the rule of thirds. Number one, rule number one, are you passionate and fired up about it? Okay, great. Rule number two, what skills or talents are you going to acquire by doing this project? Because right now, skills-based is more important than do you have a diploma only. And then three is that who is it going to help other than you? Because I want to make kids successful, sure, but finding them successful in the sense that this should be helping others. I mean, like, like Amazon solves small problems, food trucks solves, Uber solves small problems. So getting them to see that, uh, that opportunities are everywhere mindset, getting them to serve. And then I guess the mission statement is the mission of startup foundation is to teach students how to view life through a lens of innovation, entrepreneurship while building a life of purpose. Again, circling back to, we want you to be able to identify opportunities, but like, our, one of our core beliefs is we don't think that everybody should be an entrepreneur, but if you think like one, you're out there actively solving problems, even if it, especially if you work for a company, you're providing value to your company because you're solving problems and you feel like you're living, not, not feel like, you know that you're living a life of purpose. Well, and, and I think that's, I think what you're talking about is really important. Um, a number of years ago, uh, when I was with the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership and we were trying to figure out how to encourage more innovation, um, I talked to someone from MIT who had, had been doing those kinds of things. And he said, one of the problems with Indiana and places like Indiana is that you have a high cost of failure. Uh, that when, when um, people who are trying to be entrepreneurs, they're trying to innovate, in a place like Indiana, they get sort of one chance, and if they don't get it right the first time, then they're labeled a failure, yeah. and then that becomes sort of the, the way in which all of that innovation gets compressed and, and sort of weeded out. And what I like about what you're, you're doing and getting the students to think about is to think about possibilities and creating those support networks amongst themselves so that they're not thinking about failure, they're not thinking so much about problems as they are thinking about opportunities. And it's really uh, starting at a much earlier level to, to help uh, get that notion of failure sort of out of their mindset. Absolutely. And matter of fact, let me double down on that and say it's not an Indiana thing. 
Um, although it's a culture thing and it is an academia thing. You're not supposed to fail in school. It's an F. That's a badge of shame. But in any other place, uh, this is my first prototype. This is our MVP. That's, that's accepted. That's a culture. And I think that's also why when we work with these kids, and seriously, one of my proudest points is this is not a Shark Tank thing that is one day. The finalists go on and we work with them for 12, 14 weeks. And, and it's a program that if you want to get involved at a local level, we're expanding out. Um, more on that later if we have time. But uh, it, that, that Indiana culture, I'm going to say Midwestern culture though of, hey, I tried to launch this business and it didn't work. Oh, what happened? What went wrong? I hate to give credit to a place that gets too much credit. But if you don't have at least a resume of three failed startups in Silicon Valley, you're not taken seriously. Like, oh, you didn't cut your chops on the misses. How are you going to produce your first hit? And to your credit, Lee, somebody that walks into a city other than San Francisco or Austin, Boston, some of these other notorious places, with you come in with your greatest misses instead of greatest hits, uh, it's not seen as a badge of honor in all places. Okay, so so we we we're we're sort of up solving the world's problems. Let's <laughs> let's get back locally here for a minute and and help me understand. You and I have had a few conversations, and I'm not sure I'm clear on this yet. So, so this is school-based, or at least uh, you go through schools. Mm-hmm. So if a school uh, approaches you, and I assume this is sponsored through the school, is that right? I mean, there it has to be approved by them? It doesn't have to. Uh, matter of fact, here lately, we've been getting calls from uh, mayors um, and city council people. They've heard about it. Uh, yes, we normally, if you're talking about like at a chapter level, yeah. we do things, we have chapters, um, in the sense that we try to get students to get together at least once a month. And we do what we call reverse pitch competitions. We normally have like a small deserving nonprofit come in and share us their mission, vision, what they're working on, but then share us their biggest problem. Then the students get into teams of seven to 10 and they have 35 minutes to create a three minute solution pitch. Now your question of, does that have to go through a school? A chapter leader, we prefer it, yes. But sometimes we'll get a mayor and says, hey, we've got four high schools in this town, um, but we still require that the chapter leader is a school leader. But also, you know, they have to do a background check and everything else. But a lot of times that champion teacher will really be the first Pied Piper to get in local students. Okay. So so, so what I want to get to is let's, yeah. you know, start at the very moment mm-hmm. when, you're, when you go into that community for the first time how does this roll out and what happens? Uh, because we've talked about sort of, uh, sort of mid-flight program, but what's happening when, when, when a community, whether it's mayor, school, what's step number one? Yeah, it's rolling off the tarmac. Uh, a lot of times community leaders get together and say, we want this. Sometimes I'm targeting locations. Oftentimes we're getting the call. So the best scenario is when normally a mayor or a city council, uh, you also throw in a, a person from the chamber. You have the one to two to three superintendents and then hopefully a couple of teachers that are already interested. And then we normally have a powwow of like, okay, what is, what is this? And then what does a monthly chapter look like? And then quite frankly, the most obvious question is, how do they get together in the age of COVID? We've, we've got a solution. Um, and then they start talking about, okay, 
you know, how do we identify that teacher? And then there's the funding. I mean, it, it's not free. We have to be able to support it. And then the reassurance that the lion's share of their money stays in their community. Like I remember our first chapter out of the box was Richmond. And there was a guy, a local entrepreneur, just loved what he heard. And he says, and he was just about ready to stroke the check. And he's like, is my, is my money staying here? And, and that was uh, also something, you know, that we had to work through is that every chapter still had to get a tax deduction. And so we had to have one centralized account with, you know, several different, you know, on board and everything else. So yeah, we, there's usually a banking question. We hit, we set up accounts for that chapter leader and then off they're going. And, and then I guess to briefly address how we're doing chapters in the age of COVID, uh, we're doing virtual Zoom meetings where the students are learning how to use Zoom breakout rooms, which I guess is as modern as you can get right now. So, so then my next question is, so, so we have a chapter yep. in, in, our, in our school or our community, then what happens, what happens at those meetings? What are they doing? Yeah, so first 15 minutes usually are, hi, how are you? I go to East. Oh, I go to Central. Nice to meet you. There's pizza and Pepsi. The students never pay. There's never an entry fee. Um, then, quite frankly, uh, sometimes our sponsor wants the two minutes of like, hey, thank you. Because oftentimes a chapter will meet at like a co-working space or sometimes like, an, like a, a city-sponsored innovation center. So sometimes the, the person that runs it like, th so thank you for coming into, you know, Studio 15 and we appreciate you. But then we, we have a skill of the night, um, oftentimes, oftentimes uh, taught by a student who has an insider skill. We also then have like a welcome video from a celebrity-esque uh, entrepreneur. Um, we, you know, they say, you know, thank you for coming to Startup Night. This is really important. Tonight's focus is on blank. And a lot of times there's themes like our October one. October is National Suicide Awareness Month. So our, then our, our presenter uh, presents. And, and uh, for our Zoom ones, this is a national call now. Normally the local chapter, they have a local person. So they're like, they found a suicide prevention or mental health counselor in their zip code. But for the Zoom call, it's a national organization ran out of Tampa, Florida. He goes over what they do, why it's important, and then they, he has that challenge. Here's what we're facing, guys. And they, the students ask some questions, and then they break out into teams of about seven to 10, and they go to different rooms, and they whiteboard for about 35 minutes. We give them the three minutes left. They come back into the main area, and they give their three-minute pitch. And so now, um, help me understand uh, just a minute. So, so uh, let's, let's focus on that. Cause I'm having a hard time uh, making the connection between suicide prevention and entrepreneurship. So they're listening to this and they do whiteboarding to do what? I mean, what, so what's their, what's their purpose? In build a scalable whiteboarding? Yeah. Build a scalable solution or like, cause the whole point of this, you know, if you said I'm struggling with entrepreneurship and trying to build a solution, it's all that we do whether that be helping a nonprofit or helping someone ideate an app. So we, we're still listening to pain points, kind of empathy mapping. And then, you know, and then they have, a, as you know, they're our client and they said, here's our specific ask. Here's what we're really trying to focus on. So our guest isn't going to say, how do we prevent more suicides? Their, their ask is more or less like, how do we, you know, get a broader reach or what should be our social media marketing message or, how do we uh, collaborate with more teachers? They have a very specific ask. Uh, they using that criteria, then you know, and and 
and a lot of times we normally, especially in the early months, have a here is how you make a brief three minute pitch. We also kind of teach them how to pitch. There's a every time, every month we go, there's a like quick highlight again on here's how you pitch. Um, but yeah, they they go, they have that 35 minutes. They narrow it down to a three minute thing, and they go out and they pitch. And the big room, the guest thanks them all. Depending on the chapter, we've had some chapters that had the money to don't make a donation to that organization, which is kind of funny. We're a nonprofit that gives money to other nonprofits. Uh, but again, not, not all chapters are off to the same start. So we, we're not guaranteeing that. Um, but at minimum, we know the students have listened to a, what is normally a local nonprofit that needs help. They know that this isn't a for fake thing that a lot of times they're going to use these strategies. And in some cases, the students walk away with at minimum volunteer hours because on the way out the door, these people identify the best. And then quite frankly, we've seen this at other chapters. <laughs> this is probably our most flattering thing. We've had other CEOs and business people come to these and just watch the kids to talent poach. In a lot of cases, like uh, the 17-year-old girl who wants to spend her Wednesday helping out an opioid crisis center and coming up with a solution, that girl is in high, high demand. And, um, and so, and then, and then we leave with a lot, another 15 minutes of networking and, Hey, I really enjoyed your pitch. A lot of times the, the host wants to stick around and ask follow-up questions to them kids and then they leave. And then quite frankly, we've probably had more of a struggle getting them to leave. <laughs> Sometimes our host is like, it's 9 30 PM. We want to go home, kick them out. Um, but we have found so much uh, synergy, so much purpose. We've been told several times that this feels right because you know, they're off their phones for two and a half hours, Lee. They're, they're like, I can help this organization and feel like it's not an essay, but it's real. Um, so yeah, those, again, those are the in-persons, but our Zooms are going to be a little bit more, uh, not probably two and a half hours, probably more along the lines of an hour and a half. But, um, you know, we're going to make do until we can get back in person. So then, the, so there are the chapter meetings where you have those, those uh, challenges that are presented. But then there, there, there also are some culminating kinds of events that you've alluded to, so that there are pitch competitions uh, that happen regionally, and then it moves up. So what do those look like? Am I, am I misremembering that? No, that, so that's, that's, all these things are kind of a feeder into Innovate Within. And so throughout the year, we keep reminding them, because Innovate Within is at the tail end of the school year. So March, April, which is at the tail end of the school year. Um, but a lot of times they're like, hey, and, and by the way, let me clarify. You don't have to belong to a chapter to participate in Innovate Within. We're just starting our chapters. We're starting to expand. Um, so at these chapter meetings, like, hey, like coming up this, you know, January, February, March, you might want to look into it. Um, we give them information. And then quite frankly, the kids that are starting to come to chapter events, they know the difference between a wild idea that is not feasible and a scalable solution. One of the reasons why we wanted to have these events. But then, yeah, at, at a statewide competition, we start canvassing the, the schools, we start emailing the superintendents, principals, parents. We have you know Facebook advertising out there of like, hey, parents kind of thing. But then uh, they register and we have these broken down in regions. Um, for those of you who are interested, because everything is an acronym at the government level, we base these off of the ESC, uh, the Educational Service Center map of Indiana. And so as the applicants come in, we put them in those regions. We take 
what is hopefully in this year going to be at least two to 300 teams per region and narrow them down to a top 10. Uh, the top 10 then go on to round two to where they go and visit a college campus that is our host. Because uh, we want to show, by the way, I'll say ecosystem so many times here in the next two minutes, but we want to show them the ecosystem that's there for them to whether if you wanted to like grow and be an entrepreneur at age 18, we're going to show you the, the help and the ecosystem there. And if you want to take your talents and go to college, the colleges that are sponsoring this are very strategic and very interested on the innovation entrepreneurship track. So they go to these colleges, they make their pitch. The fun thing is, is that if they win their region, they go onto the state finals and they, then they represent that college in a very tournament style, bracket style kind of thing. So, you know, if you win region nine, you come out of the Marion region. If you win region number one, you come out of the university of Evansville region. And, um, yeah, then the state finals um, is actually, this is another change we've made that we're really excited about. In the past, the state finals was like two weeks after the regionals. All the kids reported back that the 12-week cohort and training we had for them blew them away. So they said, because this year, the team that came in second probably wouldn't have. The, the team that came in first would have came in first no matter what. But like the, there was a student that came in fifth because he just, he froze. His pitch wasn't that great, but his business model was fantastic. After his 12 to 14 weeks, if the pitch competition would have been in June, he would have came in second. So this year, yeah, there's a gap between like April and May and June. And so that's when we start meeting with the students. We meet with them twice a week. We have Zoom calls with, you know, a lot of mentors. And then the state finals is, is in June now. Okay, so now now back up for a minute, because I, I'm I'm having to assume that that whatever the pitch that the students or the teams are making for these pitch competitions is not the pitch the kinds of pitches that they're making for suicide prevention. So what what is the focus of the pitch then that they're making and the regional and then up to the state uh, competition? Ironically, it can be. I mean, it's probably not. Well, no, you're right. It, it's not. So the whole point and then getting them into the, the chapters is getting them into a muscle memory of identifying a problem and talking about a buildable, feasible, scalable solution. You see what I'm saying on that? Right. Well, because in the early days, we ran into a problem of like, I'm going to start a food truck. And we'd ask them, okay, what is your startup cost? What's the startup cost? And there was just some struggle with that the students that were coming to these nights where they could listen to a problem. And really, again, the whole point of a lot of this is see problems as opportunities. Now, that being said, we've had some finalists that just sold jewelry online or they just started a really basic uh, business model. Uh, but yeah, coming to those nights allowed them to get into that mindset. So I think that there are, there are some benefits then beyond sort of the mindset uh, sort of the way in which students are, are learning to think, there are some additional benefits that may accrue to the students by participating in all of this. And, and so what are those things? Yeah, so we, because we kept running into some of these problems, we, and we saw there was an equity and access piece. So we, we were asked to do a companion course. And these are more of the skills on, how to build and scale something. These are more on the innovation entrepreneurship side where it's not just you're listening to a nonprofit. Um, so there, you know, there's going to be some soft skills in how to do a pitch. 
there's going to be a, you know, we're going to do some leadership skills on how to manage teams, how to build teams, how to understand your weaknesses and build a team around with strengths. Um, yeah, there's just, I, I, I don't want to sound mm, divisive in saying this, but go over a lot of things that our schools aren't. Um, you know, we, I think one of my favorite quotes in all of education was from Seth Godin. He said, education can be boiled down to solving interesting problems and the leadership to get it done. In a lot of ways, we're doing just that. We're asking, we're putting out a, a contest of saying, hey, find opportunities, uh, build a solution around it, and then giving them skills. And I've, I probably failed to mention one of my favorite things. For the students that go past round one, they're asked, actually they're required to make an appointment with their SBD, Small Business Development Center counselor. And we're excited because there's a lot of adults that might not know all the services that are there for people. And so this is where the state of Indiana really thinks that, wow, if a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old or an 18 or whatever finds out all the different things that Indiana will support them with, there's a much higher chance that uh, they'll stay. And so, yeah, we, we arm them with these skills. We have it in, in, in a course. We have it throughout the summer cohort. We have it through this, the, the round two training. And at minimum, even if a student wants to, to kind of dip their toe into it for the first time, we really want to introduce them to what we feel are great mentors and great thought leaders out there. Okay. So at this point, uh, how, what's your participation level been? How many schools, uh, how many students are involved at this point? I mean, what's Innovate Within by the numbers? Yeah. So this last year it was around 450 and we would like, <laughs> I'm ambitious in saying we want to triple it. Um, but without a doubt, our marketing really hit a spike uh, and we have a lot more awareness. We now have the attention of the state guidance counselor association and uh, it's not finalized yet, but it looks like we have several university partners that are going to offer um, college credit for this. So while I say I'm disappointed with 450, I'm really trying to aim for 3,000 this next year. And we're getting feedback that that's feasible. No, that's good. That's good. And, and uh, you know, we can disclose that, you know, you and I have been talking about how through IEDA we can help you expand this a little bit. So let's talk about that. Um, how, if somebody is interested and getting your program, getting you uh, into their community, uh, what do they do? Uh, contact us. Um, I'll happily take the email, dwetrick at startedupfoundation.org. Uh, introductions to superintendents, introductions to sometimes mayors, like I was saying before. Um, looking at the website, although right now the website is being completely done uh, to be ready for our new launch. Um, and, and I'd say probably there's going to be more of a focus on the competition for right now because we are so inundated with a lot of new challenges. We're not really expanding chapters right now. We've got about uh, six slash seven and we're good for right now. Matter of fact, some of them are out of the state of Indiana. So we're almost kind of even using those as, as kind of a, an MVP and a test. We're putting a lot of focus and effort on, um, in some cases, identifying where the hotspots are. Like our latest chapter was in Hobart, Indiana, because they were so good at the competition that the teacher is like, it just makes more sense if we can start inviting more kids from area schools that aren't Hobart. 
So we're more interested in seeing and identifying who the schools, what schools are really wanting to grow and thrive and then offering them an opportunity to grow a chapter than trying to grow a chapter from scratch for right now. Next year, we're going to open up the floodgates. So my, my magic wand is, yeah, let's talk about the ecosystems. Let's talk about support. Let's talk about, you know, superintendents and principals and guidance counselors helping us spread the word to students. And then quite frankly, they, a lot of times they already know who these kids are. You know, I'll go to some place and they're like, well, you haven't met our kids where they, and they started this or they won DECA or they really were onto something and were working on a, a business plan to be on this so-and-so. So, and, and by the way, we also want to absolutely work with and showcase other great entrepreneurial pitch competitions. Like off the top of my head, I know that um, there's a Maverick Challenge in uh, Columbus, Indiana. Uh, Culver Academy has, an, has a really great pitch competition, I believe, in May. Um, we're not in competition with anybody. Like we literally are help promoting the state of Indiana. So it, this goes both ways. How can I help you? So if, if some of these people in, in your organizations and, and people you have relationships with, if they also say, hey, we've got a pretty good thing going too, or we have a great, you know, a pitch team, or we have a really excited rotary club that wants, that has a youth advisory council. We want to get more involved. How can I help you? And, and I, I'm really, really excited about those relationships. Good. And they certainly can always contact me. Um, our members can, can go through me and I can get them to you as we, if they have some questions or they, they want to pursue something else. So we can get them connected to you one way or another. So I want to finish up here with a couple of things. Uh, so one, go back and explain uh, what your relationship has been with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, because I think that's, that's a fairly unique uh, relationship that you have with them. So, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I was flattered when they called me because they took a, a chance on a, on a teacher that had a wacky idea of a class. Um, and they were our on-ramp for the first two years. And uh, do I think that they'll still want to contribute? Yes. But really what they wanted us to do is to make this a state-wide ecosystem. So therefore, the prize money, um, the chapters, the, you know, the programming, the, you know, the, the, the companion course, the videos, the marketing, it, we should be getting support from Evansville. We should be getting support from Fort Wayne. We should be getting support from Madison. We should get support from the region. I've hit all the four corners, haven't I? Um, and, and, and I think that's one of the things we're challenged with in the sense that the IDC was like, hey, we'll start you out and uh, let's see if we can grow. Let's see if you guys can grow this to where it's not just reliant on the IDC. So kudos to them for getting us a great start. But for sustainability's sake, we want to um, have a, a much better balance. Well, it seems as though when you and I've talked that they've kind of played the role of angel investor helping you get stood up, but, but then now it's time for you to start looking at what's that sustainable model. And that again, is one of the other conversations that we're having at this point. Mm -hmm. Don, I appreciate your time today. What have I failed to ask or what have I, what have I not given you an opportunity to talk about that you, you need to before we close? I think there's one other thing I failed to bring up. Um, there is a, a fantastic lady I've met here at state named Blair Milo. And we've kind of put in our heads together on a, on a program that 
she's like, look, the state of Indiana is going to have a uh, graduation pathway. It's called box two. And box two is they're wanting to make sure that a high school student has some sort of project-based learning outcome. And she's like, you've already got a curriculum for it and a pathway. And matter of fact, there's money at the end of it if you win. So we're really starting to get some input and talk to some superintendents and principals. And uh, that is our other thing that if there's some schools that don't have the funding uh, or they don't know what project-based learning looks like, because it's one thing if you're in Indianapolis and it's another thing if you're in, you know, Miram, Indiana. Um, so, uh, we might be a really interesting solution for a graduation pathway for high school students. I just want to declare, I have been to Miram, Indiana. I've been there taking pictures of their Carnegie library. So I know where that is. I am impressed. I was a church camp counselor there for years <laughs> and went there as a kid. So you are the only person I've ever met outside of church camp that knows where Miram's and, and did you go to the, the, the church camp? No, no, I oh. was just there taking photos. Um, and I, and so I have photos to prove that I've been there. So I know where that is. <laughs> and I've been there and I have photos to prove it. Uh, Don, this has been very, very delightful. Every conversation with you is always uh, enlightening. And I always feel energized when I talk to you. So thank you for taking time today. Lee, back at you. The level of thought you've put into this already uh, has been, I seriously, I'm flattered and honored. And the best part of this whole journey is I've been introduced and surrounded by people like yourself. And uh, I, I mean that in the most sincere way. Well, that's very kind. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be having further conversations. So today I've been speaking with Don Wetrick. Uh, Don is the CEO and president of the Started Up Foundation, but the subject of our conversation today has been the Innovate Within, and N is capital I, capital N, as in the Indiana abbreviation uh, really a program that's focused on helping uh, Indiana high school students uh, develop a perspective on uh, innovation, entrepreneurship, and as they like to say, um, uh, building a life of purpose. Don, thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you, Lee. This has been the IEDA In Your Ear podcast brought to you by Wabash Valley Power Alliance. Thank you for listening. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, and all rights are reserved. Mm -hmm.